Hi everyone, welcome back to Doom Ray. It's been um, a little too long since our last recording. I think it's been two weeks now, um, but there's been there's been a lot going on um, and a lot to catch up on. Um, so th uh, today's episode, which is the 31st of May, um, is to do with the next generation of consoles. And um, you know, now that now that kind of everything's been announced and Nintendo have failed miserably. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> which yeah. I think that, that covers Nintendo for this <laughs> Um I don't think we need to discuss them any further. Um, but yeah, so you, you know, what, um, I'm joined by Robert Shaw. Hi there. Um, and we're going to just to really have a chat about um, you know what was announced and, and what we thought of it. Um, and I know that I, as I do with all of these conferences, watched it live. Mm. Um, and um, got the energy for that. Yeah, and followed the uh, the tweet hate. So fifteen hours. No, that was the PS4, wasn't it? <laughs> no, they, they were both. They were both. Well, PS4s were slightly longer, but it felt was... lots longer. <laughs> you know what, though, it was funny because at the time, Sony got a lot of hate for that press conference. Mm. And then after the Xbox press conference, everybody was like, that was a really good press conference. Actually, have people forgotten? Is this just it? Have people literally forgotten that they sat there for 17 hours not, <laughs> not, not getting to see a console, having it described to them by people you know, who, who had probably once had one described to them by the CEO? <laughs> I think the, the thing is, is that I didn't, I didn't mind that that bad, you know, you know, that much not seeing a PS4, because to me... With, you know, it's a bit different because I think, you know, with like an Apple press conference, if they announce, if they announce, you know, a new laptop or a, or a new tablet or a new phone, you need to see it because that's the thing that you kind of interact with. Whereas with a console, it's a black or white or whatever color cube that sits by your television and you actually interact with a controller. So as long as I see the controller, I'm not really that bothered because it's just going to be a big brick. Um that's the way I see it. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess I guess you're right. It's, but it, I think it tells you something about about it. It tells you something about the kind of philosophy of it. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> well, if, if if not seeing it, that tells you a lot about the philosophy. <laughs> it might. I mean, there's been this talk, you know, of the uh, without getting ahead of of stuff. There's been the talk about the the, the physical design of Xbox One, and and how that kind of at least, at least it's stackable. You know, there's the there's a thing. At least it has a flat. <laughs> it has a flat surface, and and I think it's I think it's John Syracuse who was talking about this kind of. At least maybe this is a move. We're at least seeing a move away from this kind of snail design of everything, where everything's got kind of curved surfaces to the top of them, and you can't stack anything. And you, mm. you know, all you can do is kind of put it on its side and squeeze it up somewhere. The thing um, is, though, did you see that um, <coughs> Sony released a teaser image? Of a thing that looked like Iron Man's Easter egg. Did you see that? I saw something. I'm not sure what I was looking at. If, I, if I could have been having a PlayStation Four. I'd have bought that today. I could have been having a psychotic event and <laughs> just Again. just just have imagined that this that, that I'd, or dreamed that I'd seen. It's one of those things, isn't it? You come out of a dream, you say, "Ah, oh, this amazing dream last night." We actually saw what the PS4 looked like. <laughs> How ridiculous! But um, no, and I think you know. I mean. To me, the, the Xbox, and the thing is, is that I'm, you know, I'm quite rare in the world of gaming in that I'm a fanboy of, of neither device. Um, I, I have owned Xboxes, I've owned Playstations, I've owned Nintendos, I've owned Segas, 
and you know they're they're all they're all to me kind of equally as good and equally as bad um but that microsoft press conference was just unbelievable i mean it was it was when, <laughs> when they chose i mean they talked for like 20 minutes and then chose to you know show the future of gaming by using the most you know the 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 kind of one true bastion of computer games and computer gamers, which is sports games. <laughs> and they brought out like a load of athletes that were talking about what made them different to normal people, um, <laughs> which seemed like a really odd. I mean, it was like it was like watching Mel Gibson give a speech at a synagogue. It was just like it's just as distinctly out of place. <laughs> you know, we clearly we clearly differ on opinions. You know, there's me sitting there at like eighteen stone with a with a cheese sandwich watching an Xbox press conference being lectured to by a you know American football player about what makes his mind work differently to mine. I I just felt bad. <laughs> it's the most demotivational um press conference I've ever seen in my life. Um, and, then, and then we saw some pre-rendered footage from EA. Um, although, I don't know, it might not be pre-rendered, but let's put it this way. Normally it is with EA. Um, you know, I like EA. I, I'm not one of the kind of EA haters, but normally the final product falls somewhat short of the initial video. Um, then, me being a massive Halo fan, they had this Halo announcement, and I was like, finally, we get a Halo game. And it turned out to be Steven Spielberg was making a, this is the most worrying part of the press conference, a premium television show. Mm. Does it, is that just not a, a Blu-ray boxer? <laughs> well, it says a lot, doesn't it? I mean, I, I mean, it was clear Microsoft didn't want to particularly use this as a gaming event that they said they, that's going to be saved <clears throat> for later. Well, did you see somebody cut that video together with the highlights? No. And it's just a guy going, TV, 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 well, TV. Yeah. TV. Well, that tells you a lot, doesn't it, about where Microsoft see, sees this. Um, yeah. I mean, what, is, whether that's a good idea or not, that's a debatable thing. Whether it, it's, it's not gonna... a debatable thing. Well, it, it, no, well, it isn't right. It's a terrible idea. <laughs> well, it's only a terrible idea if if you think that that these things need to be uh, are built just for pure gaming, and if you think that that market is still well, worth going weird, for, games console to me denotes games. Um, just call me weird. Um, in the same way as a laptop, to me, should be should be able to be placed on your lap. Um, <laughs> Plenty just, that aren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But that, but then it's to me it's you know. But that's the thing is that. You know, to I kind of think you've invited all these people to kind of show, and we should have known because they said in the in the kind of bump it said the future or the next generation of entertainment, and they didn't say gaming. Um, but that's what Microsoft clearly sees, sees this as a battle for. This is this is a battle for not for the for the gaming audience, which which in a way has has been done. That's kind of exists it's probably you know the, the classic gaming market isn't going to grow significantly no. um other kinds of games might uh people play games on all kinds of devices now but the battleground as microsoft sees it and i think they've articulated this plenty of times in the past the, the battleground is the is the living room and in the living room 
what happens is multiple different kinds of people use a very large HD screen for multiple kinds of content. Um, it's not this is this isn't about you know selling to to a single person sitting in their student home playing you know games twenty four hours a day or twelve hours a day. Um, anymore it's a, it's about what box can we get into into all homes um, and for that to happen surely it's got to be about more but, than games but to me it felt kind of a knee-jerk reaction to uh, you know the xbox you know kind of won the the games console last yeah um, you know as we can call it the last generation i guess yeah um, whereas you know the ps3 won heavily on on that kind of um, you know, that, that media kind of base station almost, where, you know, um, Netflix released some statistics that said that the majority of viewers watched through um, a PS3. Yeah, well, um, it was clear, clearly and, a good, but I don't, I don't think it was necessarily Sony's strategy, but it was clearly no, it a good side effect of, kind of strategy, so. putting, yeah, having, yeah a blue, and, uh, having a Blu-ray disc in there. But, and, all, you, but the Blu-ray was, I think, kind of a clear move by them to you know it was it was the format they supported and it's a way of kind of sneaking that technology into people's living rooms yeah, yeah it was. and by doing so you know that that well arguably them and michael bay won you know won the format war um, mm. which wasn't much of one um but you know yeah. i think so, yeah i mean blu-ray is the maybe the last generation disc format yeah. and that's, yeah, it's, you that's know, what it's, we need to have it's a very nice format, and it's one that I, you know, I think. Um, <laughs> I like I like watching movies. I like the quality of movies, but I also like the quality of movies when I when I click play on iTunes. Yeah, and, but that, and I don't like is, what I don't like is the disc sitting there for ten minutes while the machine decides it's going to contact the network and update update some software. Yeah, and I, but I think you know the the thing is is that. You know, when you think back to kind of, you know, the PlayStation 3 was 2007. Yeah. And you've got to think, you know, into the, the kind of home internet connection has come a long way since then. Most, you know, in 2007, broadband was, was kind of low bandwidth relatively. And, you know, now in the kind of days of fiber optic, where you can, we can have kind of that instant delivery and instant streaming that's reliable. I think the Blu-ray format looks... You know, looks like you say decidedly more aged as it tries to kind of dial back to a studio for the latest trailers. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I do agree that to me, you know, it, it's funny because I, um, I, you know, kind of two three years ago, bought a lot of Blu-rays, whereas now I do download. Um, in fact, it's quite funny because a lot of the Blu-rays I buy, I take the digital copy out type it in on iTunes and watch it on my iPhones. <laughs> yeah, well, if they, if they put the iTunes code on, they're all moving to uh, ultraviolet to stop us doing yeah, it. Yeah, which is a bit of a dodgy. I, I'm it's not awful. That. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, but, I mean, that's for movies. Um, I mean, the Blu-ray isn't in Xbox One for movies, although, again, it's a, it's a nice side effect that now, now people have built up libraries of Blu-ray discs, you know, whether that was because... Well, obviously, so one partly because of Sony including it, uh, giving it away <laughs> in, mm -hmm. in the PS3. But um, but now we've got we've got libraries. Surely, you know, when we when we when we look at the Xbox One or when or when a family 
looks at buying something for the living room, something to replace the aged PS2 or Xbox or or even 360. They're all they're all aged now. Aren't they? <laughs> um, uh, it's just a if, if their Xbox still works, that's quite an achievement. <laughs> well, they've probably had it sent back and uh, and fixed. But fiftieth um, time. But you know, the, the, now the kids are bored with the PS2 games, and they're set, taking them all into CEX to to get ten pence each for them. <laughs> As I watched someone very disappointedly hand over you know two dozen games the other day in uh, in in CEX and they went through the pricing of all of them and then offered him I think three pounds or something uh, it's interesting uh, you say that though because in you know with with um this next generation one of the things they yeah, do is yeah. batting yeah well that's something else, that's something else to talk about isn't it but I think I think you know if you, if you are as a family just a finish that that point you know if, yeah. you're, if you're considering what to get and and we're looking at a market uh, you know next christmas or christmas coming um and you're saying well okay th these things have got blu-ray discs in that's got to that's got to be a if not a realistic uh, um <laughs> expectation that it can replace a dedicated blu-ray player it's got to be a kind of psychological thing hasn't it so both of these things are obviously we're, we're forgetting the third one but uh but the these two new new machines have both got that option and it's got it's kind of almost like a, a cost of entry now isn't it you've got you've mm. got to have you've got to have this thing um but i don't i don't think it's going to be a, a massive selling point is that it's, it's not a differentiation point differentiation point no, anymore and I, I think you know if, if you look at the specs of the of the two consoles i mean it's, you know I, I remember talking to you just after um the microsoft press conference and you saying well that um you know me saying it's a ps4 for me then hmm. and you said but it's just a pc um which obviously in its architecture it, it is hmm. it's well it's these a, things are both very similar aren't they in the yeah, architecture and yeah. the, they're kind of high-end gaming rigs basically um but it's 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 funny because to me, um, if Steam announce, um, well, that Valve announce a, a kind of Steam box, mm. I'll get that mm. because from these two consoles, I haven't seen I haven't seen anything that I've that's really kind of stopped me in my tracks and gone, okay, that you know that that has won won that out, and, and to me. Um, Steam is the best digital um, store around. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, kind of that and iTunes, I'd say, are the two kind of models that have worked. But with Steam, you know, they're, they're pricing, they're, um, they have these kind of great sales and so on. The service is faultless. You buy once and you get it across every format. Um, you know, they've... <clears throat> even Even down to things, like... Um, if if you buy a bundle and you have one of the games in that bundle, you can gift that to a friend. Mm. You know, like just really kind of sensible. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> honest dealing. Um, that that to me, if you know, if that option came, in which though you know they are developing hardware, um, and I'm not sure when it will come out. And I, I know they backed the i3, but then. They came out of that um, a few months back. You know, I'd I'd buy a Steam box straight away if you if you know you can give me a small SSD um, based console that I can 
chucked by my television, I'll, I'll be fine with that. Um, and, you know, I think because to me um, and to a lot of the gamers that I know, and I think this is this is an interesting point because you said, you know, it's that kind of gaming market doesn't, you know, isn't going to get any bigger, probably isn't going to get much smaller. Um, but it kind of dissipates through different channels where, you, like you say, different people play different games in different ways. Mm. Um, but the one thing I would say is the only people watching your press conference, Microsoft, really mm. are gamers. <laughs> well, and, and the press. <laughs> yeah, but... And, the the press, and I guess games, this technology website. Yeah, but but then that that filters out, doesn't it? And it takes a while. And this is an early, a fairly early press conference. I guess this isn't um, this isn't and about to be released. Be, what's, that, uh, what's that press conference? Uh, oh, E three. E three, and that's going to be gaming. gaming. Yeah, yeah, that's gaming. So <laughs> so they've already said, uh, haven't they? They've, they they said that that the games they're gonna they're holding back for E three. They're going to do a lot of game stuff at E three. And and you know, give I think we, let's give it, let's give it a chance for the other foot to drop. Yeah, I mean, it could be that after E3, when when's that happening? Fourteenth uh, of June, I think. Okay, it's so it's not not long to wait, and we're going to see what what games are there. And at that point, you know, maybe that then we'll be able to make a, a judgment as to whether the the lower power of the kind of implementation of the very similar architecture of the PS4. Sorry, <clears throat> it's, just quickly, it starts the eleventh of June. Okay. Yeah. I'm just, well, like we're going to see. You know, we'll be able to see then what whether my flights to LA. <laughs> whether the games uh, are, you know, are, are good, good enough to uh, to attract the hardcore gamers. Because I think, uh, you know, I, I do I do think these things are mostly. Yeah, you're right. Are going to sell initially at least to people who are fans of games. Mm. Um, the the longer game I think that Microsoft is playing, and I don't, I, you know, I, I, it doesn't mean they're going to win it. Um, is is <laughs> is this thing of of, of the living room box? Mm -hmm. So I mean, this is even the name, isn't it? Xbox One. <laughs> what do we what do we think about that? What what was the Xbox? What was the first Xbox then? Xbox. Right. So <laughs> so does it, is that the same thing? this is this is a bit like, like when ring. Apple. This is like when <laughs> Apple went from from iPad to iPad two to iPad. <laughs> um, yeah. But, <laughs> well, they could have just—they could have done that, couldn't they? They could have just said, "Oh, we're just calling it Xbox. We're just going to decide that that's, we're going to call it Xbox. Every new every new one we release is going to be called the Xbox." Um, <laughs> I don't I mind. That. that would have made more sense, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what they're trying to do. And also, is... they wouldn't have had to print new T-shirts. They could have just, <laughs> just stayed with it. Yeah. Um, I guess this, the one is 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 what the, is this the ambition of this device to be the one box for everything um but it isn't one box for everything already is it i mean it's not it's there's nothing it, it can't clearly can't do all the things you need to do it's stackable so you'll be able to put something else on top of it thankfully um yeah. and and the input thing this is the whole the whole idea that you plug something you can plug stuff into this box so you can plug your cable box into it so it's an extension cable. <laughs> well, you can plug your you plug your cable box in into it, and then that gives you the, the ability to control to to overlay um, TV content with its own um, channel guides, and uh, and for you to control it, for you to be able to say, you know, place guy one yeah, or whatever. But, yeah. <clears throat> okay, I'd I'd really like to know who they talk to for market research. 
because I'm still yet to meet anybody who believes that the remote is a broken system of control. Um, I think... Really? A, no, I think I a change... remotes. A cha- yeah, but a change in the way remotes... Like you said, if you could, if you could control your television through your iPhone, you'd be happy. Well, you what know? I really want is to be able to control my Apple TV through, uh, I, through an iPod Nano. But that's another show. Yeah, yeah. But that, you know, <laughs> but at no point have you said what I really want to do is is argue with the person next <laughs> about what's on television, whilst the television continually flicks between channels. Um, you know, and, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they've, they've thought about that. But yeah, it's, it does seem like a strange idea that you. And I don't want to wave my hand around. I don't want to. Yeah, <laughs> Microsoft Microsoft knows that you really do. You want to dance. No, I don't. <laughs> you want to move around your gigantic American living room. Yeah, yeah. As, and, I, uh, as I move around my Victorian house, which which 30% of my living room is already taken up by my television. Yeah, I think there, there's an issue there. They always show these things. And they, ever since Connect launched, they, they've always shown these things in gigantic American living rooms with uh, nothing, you know, nothing in the way other than maybe a small coffee table. But, that, but that's why that's why Nintendo hired the Rednaps and people like that for their lifestyle advertisements because they again have big enough living rooms. Mm, yeah. <laughs> if they got normal people in Britain, you know, in in a in a flat in Moseley, <laughs> just uh, slamming into the wall whilst they try and do what is it, um, Star Wars Dance Dance Revolution or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> but I, no, think, I think if you have play that if you play that game. You really deserve all you get. <laughs> all, all the injury of wall <laughs> and table. But no, and you know, okay, so everybody wants to control everything with their voice and and move things. Um, and, you know, yeah. So, well, I, may, you I, know, just, I mean, maybe once people start to do this, this it won't seem quite so, quite so dumb. And, and maybe, I'm being real devil's advocate, maybe Microsoft sure. has, has figured it out now with the new, the, the new Connect. It's, you know, it's significantly upgraded in terms of its sensitivity and accuracy. Uh, like, like, yeah, and I guess, you we know, can they control f- it with our heart they rate. figured out touch-based operating systems as well. So, you know, we can, <laughs> we can, we can control it with our heart rate. So maybe just... if I control it with my mind, although saying that, no, I don't. I don't want to control things with my mind. That could lead to dark, dark places. But it's getting that way. I mean, this, so the Connect can recognize recognizes you when you walk in the room, even when it's even when it's off. No, that's not quite true. But that's the the scary version of it is that is that it's watching you the whole time. Um, does it does it sing does it sing um, Daisy as well? I think only if you only if you try to shut die? it down. Daisy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> gets very upset when you try and turn it off. Um, does, it, does it open the pub bay doors as well? No, yeah. no, it doesn't do that. But I'm sure that's the first thing you're going to try and say to it yeah, when you get is. your hands on. <laughs> of course it is. I'm going to do. I'm going to do the test from Blade Runner <laughs> and all the com- all the commands from uh, from 2001. Yeah, there'll be a lot of that happening <laughs> on the first day. But um, the difference is, is that they won't do what Apple did. And kind of guess that that's what people will do, and put jokes in. Well, you know, maybe they will. Maybe they will. we're in a post-Siri world now. When no, um, Steve Ballmer <laughs> will just come on the screen and scream. <laughs> <laughs> it's in a sweaty mess. 
<laughs> I mean, this is the whole thing with movement. You know, he moves around the stage so much that the connectors had to uh, keep, up, to keep up with him. You know? <laughs> yeah, if they <laughs> if they used him as like the analog to base all movement on, yeah. Siri, Siri, uh, sorry, the connector will have no problem recognizing anybody. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So this I don't is, like Steve Ballmer. I'm no, sorry. No, no one likes Steve Ballmer. Okay. I don't think Steve Ballmer likes Steve Ballmer. Mm. Um, <laughs> we should tell you it'd be great if he was like our one listener from America. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I was with these guys until now. God. And just started diving around the living room, smashing things with his ape-like hands. Um, <laughs> so secondhand games. Yes. Um, that was a, that was that was a brilliant. Radio esque link that Segway. It's called a Segway. <laughs> um no Segways are those things with two wheels that you um <laughs> gyroscope, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah, with second hand games, I mean it's funny, isn't it? Because um you know, I guess if it wasn't for second hand games between the the ages of sixteen and twenty, I probably wouldn't have played computer games. Um because I, you know, like everybody went in with 15 games and got one game back and yeah. <laughs> somehow thought that was a good deal. Um, but no, I think, you know, to, to me, the, the kind of the, the big thing is, is that to come the, the way to combat secondhand games that, that I can see from kind of, you know, what people have done in the past is things like, you know, like Steam, just reasonable pricing. Like mm. if you price things reasonably based on, um, Based on kind of and and I guess you know with with kind of Xbox Live, Arcade and you know PSN and stuff like that, the price of some games has come down. But then it's like you know they're still charging fifty nine ninety nine for um, Call of Duty for a digital download, and so that's just completely unreasonable. You know what? Why is it sixty pounds? Like break it down. Show show me on screen what I'm paying for, give me an itemized bill um, that, that, that shows me where my £60 is going. Um, because I don't believe it, you know, I believe that is all profit. Whereas, you know, Steam, they have limited, um, they have limited sales, they, they have bundles, um, you know, they have all kinds of stuff. They have cloud saving, all that kind of thing, you know, all those kind of things that, that kind of PSN, Plus have now um, and um, Xbox Live doesn't have cloud saving. I don't think. Um, but you know, so I, I just with secondhand games, I think you know the biggest issue for me was that a lot of companies made a lot of money off it, um, and it kind of seemed to benefit um, high street retailers. But you know, I do see that it had an impact on the industry. Um, and some companies went about it in the right way and, and kind of said, okay, so how do we combat this? We go straight to the people who are buying our content and charge them a reasonable price. Um, whereas a lot of studios seem to go the other way and go, well, if you're going to buy secondhand games, we'll charge you for multiplayer, we'll put online passes in, you know, we'll, we'll charge more for the game initially. Um, you know, and yeah. I just think it, it was the, it, that to me is the wrong way around. It's like why am why am I being punished for using a perfectly legal service? It, I guess it's a bit like you know, with with kind of this whole tax evasion um, versus tax avoidance. You know, it's not illegal. Change the system. 
if if you kind of you know you you're angry about it and it's the same thing with secondhand games it's like why am i as a gamer being punished for you being undercut by a massive company mm. you know i don't see why that should affect me and i think it's it's one of the reasons that that kind of the rise of the indie game that we've seen this kind of um you know it's quite nice because uh, just down the road um from our offices in leamington there's a there's um a exhibition going on at the minute called backspace um which is the history of leamington spas gaming um development companies and you know it shows the oliver twins in their bedroom um you know making games to put in magazines and you know like you were saying you know putting code in yourself and so on um and it's gone full circle and it's now two people in in a bedroom delivering their content directly to the people who want to play it um and it's quite nice <laughs> but uh, you know I, I do think um you know like minecraft is probably you know the story of this generation um in terms of a business model in terms of just you know it's it's the biggest game to come out of this generation really in terms of original ip um and you know the, the way they structured it so that you know, they released an alpha of the game that you bought, like you paid for the alpha um, and you aided the development process, funded the development process. Then it went to, you know, beta. And the earlier you adopted it, the less you paid. Mm, yeah. Like, what a phenomenal model. Mm. <clears throat> um, and uh, And that game was never made available. Well, until very recently... It wasn't made available in an actual kind of hard copy until it came out for Xbox. Um, but, you know, to me, you know, these are the kind of ways of combating um, of, of combating secondhand gaming. And I just kind of think they, they went the wrong way with it, as, as they often do. <clears throat> you know, these, these, um, in, in, all, in all industries, they, they combat, they, you know, they, they, they affect the experience of their paying customers in order to combat things that are out of the customer's control, which mm. I don't think is right. So the, so the question that's interesting maybe to ask then is, is if Microsoft changed the whole way that games are licensed, because that's, that seems to be what's happening here, does does that provide incentives for games to be priced differently? Well, I think I think you know the 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 thing is is that I am aware that computer games are massively expensive to to make, mm. and you know I think you know like it's you know the the licensing to developers is is a huge cost to developers. You know they have huge teams of very talented people. Um, kind of generating, you know, content that, you know, people, a lot. I think a lot of people forget, you know, that these games are, you know, the kind of real AAA games are more expensive than, you know, Hollywood blockbusters. Mm. You know, they're, they're yeah. 250, 300 million pounds um, and, and up. But they make that back, um, you know, many fold well they do if they're successful well yeah but you know, you know the, the the risk of putting money into you're, you're only going to put money into pretty much dead cert titles aren't you you're going to put one into the, the ones that have got the big franchises 
um, the ones that are kind of connected to names you can sell on the back of the sports ones. Um, and 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 if it and if it is such a huge cost of entry to develop a a, a decent game, yeah, you know that that it's only going to limit you to certain certain things. Um, it's going to really restrict what happens, and it and it means that it's really hard for small games that maybe are going to be cheaper to develop, but and more interesting. It's really hard, but people aren't going to pay sixty dollars for. Well, I think it, it's one of the reasons why um, so many kind of hardcore gamers that I know. Um, don't don't have a well. If they do have a console, it, they now don't use it, and they use their PCs. Mm. Um, and in the next generation, most hardcore gamers I know are talking about either gaming rigs or Steam boxes, um, <clears throat> because you know the, the, these these are platforms that um, allow for kind of indie development. Um, at the other end, at the other end, if you're selling these things to non-game geeks, you know, there's no way that we're going to drop sixty dollars on a game that we're not. You know, I, I forget, you know, I was going to say a game that we're not convinced we're going to we're going to love for six months, but um, but actually, we're not going to do it at all. I just I just don't think that's that's going to happen. So you've got to have different pricing the, models. You know the the. Um... <clears throat> You know the 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 pricing of of entertainment has changed, and you know I remember paying seventy four pounds ninety nine for Goldeneye on the N sixty four from yeah. Blockbuster in Middlesbrough, and um, <laughs> <laughs> but the review, do you have the receipt still? Which which in Middlesbrough seventy four pounds even today can buy you a small terrace house. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. that's that's no small feat. Um, so you know, but. That was kind of the accepted. That was the kind of accepted price. In that, you know, it was a. It was a. That, relatively speaking, to now, the games industry was quite a small industry. Um, you were producing cartridges, um, and you know, pr probably I imagine because it was it was the most expensive game on the N sixty four. I imagine probably a lot of that money was. Uh, paying for the license of James Bond. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Which is um, which is again that barrier to entry. If you don't have a, if you don't have a license like that, if you don't have a franchise like that, you're not going to be able to command the price that you need to command in order to and sell enough of them in order to get back the development costs. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, you know, I, I think, but but to me, you know, it's this it's this kind of thing of like Activision. Um, you know, pe people go on about EA and hate EA, um, and and then you know, Activision have the largest selling game of this generation, which is which is Call of Duty, and then with you know with this franchise that sells millions upon millions upon millions of units, they all of a sudden decide that RRP goes from say forty four ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine in most cases to fifty nine ninety nine. For no apparent reason, <laughs> you know, it's just pure greed, um, and it's based on the fact that everybody will buy it on launch day because all of their friends will buy it, and it's the only game that anybody's playing online. And that's cashing in. That's exploitation. That's not. That's not covering. That's not covering a, a, a potential loss. That's not covering a licensing fee. That you know, that to me is just exploitation of fans, um, which I don't think is really on. And it's funny because since they did that. 
it's amazing how many people have gone across to, well, arguably because it's a better game as well, but Battlefield. Um, but then Battlefield then had this kind of online pass. So it was, you know, the, the neither, um, you know, neither system seems to work. Um, neither model seems to work. And, you know, it's kind of punishing loyal fans for wanting to buy it on day one. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's been a weird kind of generation of console, I think, for, for um, you know, I think a lot of gamers these days feel quite disillusioned about, about the console market um, and kind of the way they've been treated. Um, and, you know, I think as well, I, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm that little bit older with this generation now. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, maybe I'm just not as excited about consoles as I used to be. Um, and, you know, I think now you, you can see in, in kind of people's responses and, and the kind of negativity towards this, that they, they don't seem to be, they haven't responded to it. They haven't gone, okay, we've listened to what you've said and we're going to try and change it. They've just kind of carried on anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, well, um, Dan has, has pointed out, which was again, true, um, that, yeah, uh, EA have scrapped all their online passes now because they, they said it was a, a failed system. Um, but they still did it for long enough. <laughs> um, so there's this Penny Arcade report um, from last week that where Ben Kuchera talks about the, uh, the new licensing with the mm. Xbox One and what and and as much information as they currently currently glean from what Microsoft has said, um, which is quite interesting, is because it, it clearly it, yeah it's clearly going to kill the second hand market if it plays out the way that it looks um, like it's going to play out, but he puts a fairly positive spin on it, you know, saying that this is, this is actually good news. As you see, he says, good news for a few reasons. The first, the first is that piracy will likely be reduced. Um, so piracy becomes harder. You'll, you'll never be able to stop pirates, not entirely, mm. but, but you can make, if you can make it non-trivial, the incidence will st of piracy will stop. Um, so piracy reduction will be a, likely be a solid byproduct of the system. Um, then it talks about the used game market all but disappears because because uh, you know you, you you've got in this in this situation with the Xbox One as far as we can tell, all the game media is on the disc. Um, you can transfer it to your machine, but what you've bought is a license to play it, of course. But that license is then locked to to you and to your machine in a kind of um, a kind of duality of that. You can go to a friend's house and put it on their machine and use your ID to play it. Um, mm. But if they want to play it, they can, they can transfer all the media from the disc if they like, and then you oh, you can give them the disc. You don't need the disc in order to play the game. And then they can pass that on to someone else, and uh, that can carry on. But but in order to play the game under their account and on their machine, they're going to need uh, to buy a license, mm. which mean which means that that could be a full price license for a new game. If I you know if, if you go out and buy a, a version you know a Halo game on day one, you're you're going to be able to put it on your machine. Then you're going to be able to give the disc to me, and then I'm going to be able to give the disc to somebody else, and we're all going to be able to buy licenses um, to these. 
But what uh, Kuchera is saying that you know once once the secondary market is removed, that the, a developer or a publisher can suddenly profit from every copy of the game sold. Um, and as profit margins rise, it's possible we'll see prices drop. Some stodgy publishers will likely stay with the $60 model, but they're dead companies walking already. The smart companies will see this opportunity to play with pricing and see what works and what doesn't. Mm. And and I think that is an interesting thing that that, that if, if we've been kind of, if it is a kind of chicken and egg thing, you know, I've got to charge 60 dollars because <laughs> because I've got to sell uh, enough copies of this thing to pay for this massive thing and then I've got to you know I've got to make this massive game because I can't if I don't make a massive game with a tight with a big franchise um, or tie-in I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to charge $60 for it you know it's a kind of kind of weird thing um, and knowing and you know it must, and it must um, it must hurt you know for developers to, to know that uh, for every time they sell they, they sell a copy of this gonna sell this $60 game um, but that that copy is going to be out there being resold with no additional profit to them time and time and time and time again, which is, you know, not, not how they sell movies and not how you sell you lots know, of things. It's, it's interesting, though, because, you know, you, you say this thing of they're being sold a profit time and time again, um, which, which is true. Um, yet there are only two companies left that, <laughs> that can sell these things at profit time and time again. Mm-hmm. Um, because GameStation went bust, um, Electronic Boutique went bust in Britain. Um, uh, who else has gone bust? Uh, well, everyone. <laughs> Everybody's gone bust, apart from Game, who are hanging on by the skin, skin of their teeth, and CEX, who will always be open because they buy stolen stuff. Um, and um, Allegedly. Come on! Allegedly, <laughs> I would, I would. You, you get, you get paid more money if it's sealed. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay. Who, who has? And I love it because every time you go in, there's somebody like, "Yo, yeah, this iPad, yeah, I got it for Christmas, yeah, and I don't want it, yeah." So I was wondering if I could sell it for like eighty pound. I'm not really bothered what I get, yeah. And it's like, it's a sealed iPad. It's clearly stolen. And you have ten of them. <laughs> like, <laughs> I th- well, I think to be to put the other side, I think CEX seem to be trying to become a different kind of company. Um, they they obviously make a lot of money that way. Uh, but they, you know, I go in going in, in the local one here, and it's it's quite clear they're they're sourcing and buying large amounts of the latest releases because there's nowhere else to buy DVDs and Blu-rays in the- towns anymore. <laughs> The one thing I will say, though, um, you may have to cut this, depending on how slanderous this becomes. <laughs> um, but when I worked at GameStation, um, <clears throat> I won't say which store, just in case, um, but I live in Birmingham, you do the math. Um, <laughs> and uh, basically, the manager of CEX used to come to GameStation on launch day, buy as much stock of the latest one mm-hmm. game he could um and then mark it up yeah well i don't think I, I don't think that's slanderous at all that's uh, that's what i think that's what these companies do that's hideous uh, though no but it's it's what it's a it's a fairly it's not it's not great practice but it's a fairly common one. i know essentially yeah. it's kind of supply and demand yeah that's right and if you and if if there's a if it's not available if there's only a certain number available 
and you can put it into your store. I mean, other stores. But that's will, that's other stores fixing will... the market, though, because what you're doing is you're limiting you're limiting the copies freely available. So you know, if if Game Station have say, yeah. but it's not copies. it's not freely available if it's in if it's in uh, Blockbuster. I think it's quite it's a it's it's, it's one thing <laughs> to say. But somebody at Blockbuster has negotiated tying up that amount of co of stuff, and I think, in in a sense, it's a. I'm not defending it, but in a sense, it's a it's a kind of logical response to a market that isn't free, because if in a in a free market, CEX would be able to get as many copies as they need as they knew they could sell, from the publishers. From the distributors, no, but, but, but they can't because no, they can't. But they can't because because people like like uh, um, Game and people like Blockbuster have got exclusive deals whereby they lock up the content, the, the yeah, CX, material stuff. CEX wants to sell it at a profit above what? It want, no, it do. wants to sell it. That's the that's the key. It wants to sell it. It has the buying power to go out and. No, yeah. I think I think you're being naive. And, I think, and not. <laughs> independent game shops, like independent ones owned by one dude, can go out and buy the latest games and sell them. And you on day, not on, not on day one. Not on day one. You reckon? Yeah, absolutely. The, this is this is the problem with the market. Is it is it gets tied up? This is what the uh, you know, so small record stores stand no chance against. Uh, uh, against Tesco or Asda, you know, in terms of CDs, this is the same with books and bookstores. Is that the uh, is that the big deals being done with with big chains mean that what what are, how are they going to drive it to the, to to this store on day one? You're going to get you into Blockbuster. I mean, even I don't buy games, but you know, even with the say the Alien Blu-ray box set, you know, the the prices that that was being offered for at um, at Blockbuster on day one, it, it ridiculously cheap. But it's they've tied up all the content, the, con the, the stuff you know. They've, they've tied them all up. They get you in the store. They can they can undersell. It doesn't matter if they lose a bit on it because they're going to get you get but, you in there. Uh, I th with, CEX yeah. can't do that. Well, well, I don't know. I think <laughs> to me, CEX is a, a morally repugnant company. I'll leave it that. Um, <laughs> um, I think they. You know, they, they overcharge, they um, exploit, they, um, they're they quite happy, as you say, to, to just kind of give people the minimum price. Um, they ex exploit weak and vulnerable people and make them sell things uh, for a fraction of their genuine value. Wow, uh, they're not a street corner uh, <laughs> pawn shop. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they, are. they just have more than one shop um, because they do it better than anybody else. Yeah, well, I think. And, they, and if there's anybody listening, I wasn't interested in a manager's post anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I get it. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, they're, they're just I'm I'm not a fan, and I know a lot of gamers who aren't. I know, well, I know a lot of people who aren't. Um, well, I, have to, I have to say, if, the, if it wasn't for CEX at the moment. Lots of small towns like uh, like the one that, uh, that that we live in wouldn't have anywhere to buy DVDs and Blu-rays. Not a single place. Uh, that's like saying if it wasn't for the drug dealer that lives next door, but one, I'd have nowhere to buy crack. It doesn't make it a good thing. It's not quite the same, is it? DVDs. <laughs> are you, are you say the Blu-rays and DVDs are equivalent to crack. <laughs> 
Well, to me, they are. They're not they're illegal. <laughs> <laughs> well, for a start, they're not illegal. Um, but um, but you know, with 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 there being no other place to get this stuff. Actually, okay, See, I, I could I go into Asda. I, I could buy the twenty buying and selling titles. Of stolen goods was illegal. But that's just <laughs> 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 yeah. We're definitely going to have to cut this. This yeah, is definitely slander. No, no, because no, because I'm disagreeing with you. It's uh, it's editorial. So I just get done for slander. <laughs> it's editorial. Yeah, I'm, putting, I'm putting the other side of this. Okay, I don't think you knowingly um, buy. And trade well, they tried. I mean, what all these stores do, and and definitely in the case of CEX, they they try to implement a, or they do implement a um, membership policy, don't they, to, to try and to try to be able to trace these things, so that if stuff comes in and it is then said, this copy, this thing was um, was stolen, um, they've got it tied to a user account. Is, but is I don't know how effective. I don't know how effective. Likes to check uh, for postcodes and semen mm, as well. I don't know how effective that um, that thing is. No, I don't I know. It, I know I it's think, not. You know, the thing is, as well, from working in, um, from working in kind of games um, retail for a long time, um, membership systems are massively flawed as well because there's yeah. no form of photo identification. There's the, um, you know, people can, you know, I can, I can give, you know, my friend my card, my letter, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's, you know, there's, there's no kind of way. If you of, want to get around this stuff, you're going to get around it. Aren't yeah, you? of course. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that then obviously the, the shop's argument is, well, they were dishonest. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what can I do about it? And it, and it is, it is, it's like you say, it's that kind of chicken and egg problem. And, you know, it is, but. Um, so, so if we're going to go, if this is going to go away, if this is this whole, um, this whole market for reselling is going to go away. Then does Amazon it, will rule the world. <laughs> well, or does it? Does it do that? Does it give? I mean, what Microsoft clearly hope is that it gives a kind of um, incentive to sell. You sell the licenses through the network, um, which you know is makes them the kind of Steam or iTunes store in this scenario, in the Xbox scenario. You can the 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 disc might come with a license in the same way that. Uh, Perhaps some Blu-ray discs come with an iTunes uh, or a or a hated uh, ultraviolet license, mm. but what you're really doing is you're buying that license. The disc the disc is essentially you know it's it's kind of covering it covering its physical costs, but they're they're near near nil anyway. Mm. Um, and that then at that point, you know you just you're just buying licenses from Microsoft once that game is out out in the in the wild. Um, it doesn't doesn't really uh, bode very well for so CEX to well, sell that. With that image, is is a little copy of Halo in the Serengeti, <laughs> with Steve Ballmer with a massive pair of binoculars, like a, a hunting outfit and a musket. <laughs> if you can draw that, Kyle, or get that get that image drawn, I'll I'll ha- I'll have a T-shirt made. You have a deal, okay? Right there. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, you know, I think to me, it's this, it's this weird thing, isn't it? Where, you know, everything, you know, working in publishing, every, everything is, oh, well, it's to stop the pirates, mm. um, which, which are never the cool pirates. They never, they never have a boat. Never, no parrots involved at all. No, really. or eye patches. Mm. It's always just beardy people. <laughs> well, it's not even that. Strip, it's, stripping, stripping the DRM from my PDF. Mm, um, it's, white, no, it's white guys with 
bad clothes and caps. <laughs> uh, Dan's cheering in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> He's talking about me. Um, but no, and, you know, I, I kind of think, you know, the, the, there have been some really phenomenal um, and creative ways of combating piracy. And to me, the perfect example, and I know it's a different industry, but there's got to be some lessons to be learned, is House of Cards. You know, mm-hmm. that that was, you know, the piracy, they were saying, is, is pretty much none. Because if you're not a Netflix subscriber and you want to watch it, you can get a free month trial, watch the entire thing in a day, and not renew your... Mm-hmm. Um, your your subscription. Yeah. You can watch the whole thing in one day if you want. You know, like you know, like you we you know we've done a podcast on it before. That kind of binge viewing. Yeah. Um, and that to me is is the kind of it's incredible because it, it not only empowers the viewer, um, but also it's kind of like right the job's done. It's out there. It's finished. We don't need to you know, worry about where do we advertise and what do we advertise on. And don't get me wrong, House of Cards was heavily advertised on Netflix. Um, but it was, you know, it was, that to me is, is a way of kind of combating piracy and how you can, you know, how you can do that in um, in in the games industry. Obviously, I'm, you know, I'm if, if I knew the answer, I'd be getting paid a lot more than I am now. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I, I do think there are systems like you know the the humble bundles, um, you know things like that 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 have kind of a donation based model, um, where, and I know that there have been games that have been released day one on a donation based model that they've said they've made more money doing that than you know they would if they'd charged fifteen dollars, you know per head. And the, the fact of the matter is, is that if you're if you're honest with people, and you're kind of um, you know, intentionally, you know, kind of give the the audience and your your audience power. They will they will normally kind of reward you for that. And it's it's in the same way as you know, if you people give teenagers a bad rep- reputation, but normally if you give them a hint of power, they'll do the right thing. And I think you know, it's the same kind of thing with 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 the audience that, you know, I know myself that I've been given DRM free copies of games by people to say, you should play this. And I've played it and completed it and then bought it. <laughs> yeah. But, but you, you're honest. <laughs> yeah, but I think most most people are. Well, I'd like to think that. But every up- time I talk to people who tell me they've watched a movie and they and I say, oh, where did you see that? Did you, is there a disc available? And they say, oh, no, I, I downloaded it. I torrented it. We should start um, talking to your brother. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's lots of people. And it's depressing because um, because yeah I think yeah, but then they do you know people like Stuart will go out and then uh, um, buy the disc when he, if you like the movie yeah. and you know, I, I think that's the thing you say that but there aren't that many people who do uh, really that's the problem um, but, and and then I think there are people who are just kind of have kind of been cultured if you like to believe that this content is just downloadable and free yeah and I, I do think you know. The, ge- the the generation hello, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I, I pressed the button on the phone um, <clears throat> no I, I do think the generation below me does 
kind of just believe that content is just freely available mm. um and how you sell to that and well yeah but you know um that it's it, well, it's free yeah. and how you sell to those people and combat that is uh but you know look at spotify you know mm-hmm. that's a that's a massive industry um yeah. but i don't i don't want to have gillette adverts every <laughs> five right. minutes on coach <laughs> in your game <laughs> just like, playing just, halo and just and as this uh... jean-claude van damme starts trying to sell me cause like yeah <laughs> um so yeah um you know yeah so that so that that kind of structure of of you know providing content for 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 free and then supplementing it with advertising i you know it, it's funny because with spotify i kind of refuse to pay to make advertising go away yeah me too and, and i know it's you know something that we've discussed in the past is that is that idea that i'm not i'm not okay with that um whereas if if it was a donation based thing where i could kind of you know give x amount um you know that that was controllable depend or even if it was dependent on what i listened to you know i'd i'd be okay with that but i i do object to um you know to that idea of just kind of like we'll bombard you until you give us money yeah it's a bit like being poked in the face with a stick and someone's <laughs> and someone's saying i'll stop if you pay me maybe but, um... <laughs> maybe if microsoft are listening that could work get steve bolmer <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to come over the house and just scream at you whilst you're playing. I see. I, I yeah. I th- it's it's the difficult one, and you know, there's already some debate about whether it's whether it's even legal for Microsoft or or anyone else to try to restrict what you do with physical media you buy. I, I'm pretty sure it probably is legal, but there's people, you know, already saying that this this restricts your your rights as a as a consumer, which well. In some sense it does um the, the but i i do wonder whether whether it's, it is just them trying to move to a, a more sensible model where whereby they're saying well at the moment the industry is where is kind of locked into discs and there's a kind of whole structure of that of, for selling them and you know getting them out there and uh, and also lots of people don't have the kind of speed of internet connections that are going to uh, they're going to mean you're going to download a, a, a massive game um, mm. just routinely. I mean, there's, but, there's but uh, and you and you want and other people want a physical backup of it as well. You know, there's a what's a 500 uh, gig hard hard disk in mm. uh, in the Xbox One. Um, I, you know, I haven't done the maths, but um, that's not well, going to be that many is, games. Well. That's a you know, so. kind of the later games of this generation are kind of 10 to 25 gig mm. um so for an avid gamer that that soon fills up once you start putting videos save games you know that kind of stuff on it mm. um also you know if, if you're bethesda on a playstation 3 and your save file triples in size every time you save mm-hmm. <laughs> although they've combated that now but um you know i do, I do think it's there is no one answer and dependent on the game and dependent on the audience, the, the kind of solutions differ. Um, but, you know, I, th- I think the, the main thing is, is to me, you know, speaking, and, and it's that thing of, I can, I can only speak really as kind of a hardcore gamer and really, you know, we're, we're kind of a dying breed. And I, I say I'm a hardcore gamer 
but then recently you know I, I just don't have the time to play the amount I used to um but I kind of think that that hardcore gamers are feeling more and more alienated by by this previous generation and even more so going into this next generation um <clears throat> I don't know as I don't know a single person who who has said I am pre-ordering now day one PS4 and Xbox One um and you know I'd love to see pre-order stats because mm. I'd think they'd be the lowest ever and and if they're not I would be I would be genuinely shocked. Can you pre-order um, already? Yeah, 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 well you can you can register interest cards. Okay, so. yeah. A similar thing. But you know, I I just because we, we don't have pricing to me, there's do not we, on any of this. We don't I mean, have, I, we don't I have pricing the, the, on any of this yet, do we? Well, the, there's kind of the um Amazon and everything have put list prices, obviously, because they need a list price in order to pre-order. Guess prices. Yeah, but they they range from like seven hundred and ninety-nine pounds for an Xbox One, <laughs> ninety-nine ninety-nine pounds for a game. So you can't really trust those. No, I wouldn't. Um, in terms of pricing, you know, I I, I guess they'll they'll both be around five hundred quid. Um, because I I think, you know, again, I remember the days when when um. You know when when consoles used to used to launch for such huge amounts of money, um, and you know the, just just kind of well, they, they were just unrealistic amounts of money. Um, you know, like I remember paying three hundred pounds for a second-hand Nintendo sixty-four, um, just the console, nothing else. Um, you know, a, a when would that be? In probably about 1997. Um, so you know, there, there was there was. I, I I think, you know, people people expect different things of, of kind of prices now. And um, but you know, Sony Sony and Microsoft in the past have set a precedent of of selling at a loss. Um, and trying to make their money through through the licensing and you know those kind of things. Um. So I don't know, you know, whether that will whether they'll whether they'll do a, a Nintendo and try and try and make profit day one. Um so I'm not sure, but I I mean what do you think? I, I think they'll both be sub five hundred on launch. Well, I mean that sounds expensive to me, but yeah, yeah it does to me as well. Where, that's what but I think this is what what's happening to the, the market. It's a strange it's a strange one. It's sounding more and more like a like a lot of money to pay for a device that plays games, particularly if those games are sixty dollars a throw, and um, and I think this is uh, this is why making these boxes into into more than than pure game devices is critical. I think for there to be a next generation of these things, so, you know, I think we're rapidly approaching the point where ordinary people just are not are not going to be thinking about buying a specific box just for just for games um, mm. because i think ordinary people oh yeah obviously not hardcore gamers but but um i think i think your regular person is just going to use the device they have and increasingly that's a that's an ipad or it's a android phone um or an iphone um 
but then that's what happened. You know, I kind of see that as what, as what happened with computing as well. You know, that there's a certain market for people buying computers at one point for for doing all kinds of things. You know, mm. that, that for connecting to the internet, for example. You know, for this is why I buy a computer. You know, um, and that price point kind of start started to to get to to look quite expensive. Um, then you get lots of Kind of people coming in the market saying, "Well, you can do these other things on them as well, and here are some cheaper versions of them." Um, mm. But very soon, people have got all that functionality in their phones. Um, well, I think the the thing is to me is, you know, I guess, you know, I've 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 rem I'm thinking back now, and the Nintendo sixty four. I went to America for the six weeks holidays in, and it was nineteen ninety six. I've just worked it out, and. I didn't spend a penny and saved everything I had. And bear in mind, I was nine at this point and saved like everything I had for months and months and months and bought my Nintendo 64. And it was 300 quid secondhand. Mm. Um, and I got a copy of Wave Race with it. <laughs> um, so, you know, that was, I think, it, I can't remember what the launch price was. I think it was about 250, 300 quid. So, you know, it was, it was, a, it was pretty much a new price for a secondhand console. Um, and I think, you know, now... Um, the latest, the latest kind of piece of technology I bought was my iPad Mini, um, which was a you know thirty-two gig, and it's funny because you know I think a lot of people don't mind paying three hundred pounds, four hundred pounds even for an iPad or a tablet device that they're going to take with them everywhere that you know they they use. You know I use my iPad every single day as a as a diary, as a games console, as a as a you know um, a a web browser you know like you say you want you want more from it, mm. but for a tethered system that is stationary, no matter how powerful, it's a limited use then. And I think you know for a limited use, there's only a certain amount you can charge. Um, and you know when you think of of people you know like Sky, I mean I, I know they were talking there was there was rumours that they were going to be releasing this kind of you know, this was quite a while ago, but that Microsoft would kind of give the consoles away and then charge for an online subscription. Mm. Um, and, you know, so almost like a Sky package, mm. you know, idea. Um, but I just think, you know, to me, it, it has... For, in order for me to buy either of the consoles, 399 is the most I'd pay. And even then, I still don't think I'd pay it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so because, even even hardcore gamers are starting to <laughs> starting to say, well, you know, enough already. But you know, especially when it's three hundred ninety nine plus sixty quid a game. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing is like with an iPad, it's that thing of, okay, so iPad Minis start at what? What's the sixteen gig these days? Two six nine. Okay, so two two hundred sixty nine. But there is a world of free apps, yeah, which you know aren't amazing. Well, but I, are and even good. and even more, you know, I could I could say, well, you know, so, so I've got a daughter. Um, I could say I buy her an iPod Touch, um, and then there's a bunch of games, and some of them I've already bought, and so her iPod Touch, which actually she bought it, I'm kind of taking credit for something that that, <laughs> that she you make saved, yourself out to be far She more saved up. And, and bought it but if but I would be quite happy to buy her an iPod touch on the basis that 
I've got there's a load of games I've already bought. Um, she can use those. She'll she can spend you know one ninety nine, two ninety nine occasionally on a game. Yeah, and um, you can go and buy her a fifteen pounds iTunes voucher once yeah, in a while. That's exactly right. Her grandparents can buy those for her, and she had school friends buy them for Christmas for her, yeah. uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, very happy gaming on her on her iPod Touch. But I think that shows, and, and you know, I know Lucy's older than nine, um, but yeah. you know, that shows. No, but, but but I think it, it's that whole generation, yeah. Yeah, but it, it shows the kind of change from one generation to the next. Yeah, and you know that that it has changed, and um, you know, a few weeks ago I was talking to Steve Stops from Blitz Games, and he was saying that. He he classes himself as a, as a I can't remember whether it was a casual hardcore hardcore gamer or casual hard, gamer <laughs> yeah um, but you know the, I think that's a, a switch that a lot of kind of hardcore gamers are making is to this kind of um, you know handheld systems and so on um, you know and, and and as well I, I think. <sighs> You know, like with the PSP, uh, well, with the PS Vita, a great console. I'd love one. I'd, you know, I'd, I would, but I refuse to pay forty quid for a game. Mm-hmm. Um, when equivocal games, and you know, they are pretty much equivocal. Is it? I mean, I downloaded, I downloaded Knights of the Old Republic on my iPad for six ninety nine. One of the best RPGs of all time, and it's on my iPad with ten hours battery life. Wow. I'm getting How I'm coming back that? through your mic again. Um, but you know, it's it's. No, to you're me, absolutely and right, and and I and I know that that generational shift is, I think, is is real, and I, I and I know I know absolutely for certain that if I said to Lucy, I've I've got three hundred quid here, or three hundred and ninety nine quid here, what do you do you want a PS4, Xbox One, Wii U? Um, PSP Vita or uh, an iPad, she would go with the iPad. I'm yep. abs- absolutely certain that she would. And she's already planning. She, she only had. She bought her iPod Touch last October, something like that. The latest generation mm-hmm. one, um, which was the first generation iPod Touch that had really appealed to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think partly the colours. Partly the fact that it's slimmer, had a beautiful camera on it, a nice big screen, or a nice bigger, bigger screen. Mm. Um, didn't feel that it's the first one that didn't feel like a uh, last generation iPhone without the phone. You know, it didn't, yeah. didn't feel like it was significantly below um, the power of the phone. So she felt like she got a, a kind of up to date device, you know, FaceTime, all of that kind of stuff on it. Um, she's already talking about what the when she would upgrade her her iPod Touch, they haven't even released <laughs> an updated version, and she's she obviously takes after uh, yeah. her father. <laughs> well, I think she's she's observed that thing of selling when they're still in good condition, and yeah, get, and, and, getting, and getting a good price Apple and upgrading. Devices keep their value. Yeah, and upgrading to the latest and keeping the warranty and all of that kind of uh, shenanigans. Um, but I think. There is a there is a shift. Um, some of her friends are you know using iMessage, that kind of stuff. There's a few on Game Center, um, and it, it it does feel like maybe it's just it's a it's only totally local information that I'm dealing with, you know, but it's it does feel like a like a real shift. Well, no, because um, you know I remember uh, this last Christmas gone, 
there was quite widespread coverage of the fact that iDevices were outselling traditional handheld consoles mm. for for that generation. So what uh, Apple yesterday, this is actually quite good timely, because uh, so Apple, uh, from, they released to the, well, I don't know if this is a wide press release, or it went just to the, to, uh, the loop. Um, just to you. Well, to, to, <laughs> to, just to Rob. To, to, to the guys on the loop, um, loopinsight.com um, said they, they've they've sold more than a hundred million units of the iPod Touch now in its entire life. So that's mm. from 2007. Um, it, it doesn't doesn't uh, give you kind of when when they're selling the, those things. But I, I would imagine that the, the sales are getting getting higher. And they've yeah. just released yesterday. Did you see they've um, they've replaced you know they, they, for this. For the last few months of the last since the last launch they've they've kept at the bottom of the end bottom of the line the the last generation version as a kind of low end one they've uh, they've as of yesterday that's no longer there and they've added a new model which is um a 16 gig uh, ipod touch new generation one but doesn't have the camera the main camera oh, yeah. um it's got the facetime camera um doesn't have the uh the little connector for the loop wrist strap yeah the little pop-up connector um other than that it's uh, and it only comes in black uh other than that it's identical um black and silver version um tiny tiny bit lighter because of the uh, the losing the camera module i guess mm. um and it's uh in the uk it's uh 200 uh, 199 um so 50, 50 quid cheaper, mm. um, which bring, brings it under the hundred and you know the two hundred quid mark, which is mm. nice, I think. Well, so, I think to round this all up because yeah. we could keep talking forever, and it's already been an hour and ten minute podcast. Yeah. Um, as a hardcore gamer and somebody who considers himself a hardcore gamer, um, if you ask the question that you asked Lucy. Um, but to expand on it a little bit, mm. if you if you said, you know, you can have an Xbox One, a PlayStation Four, with PSM Plus or Xbox Live, uh, a PS Vita, a Wii U, etc., 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 or an iPad with LTE, I'd take the iPad, mm. and that that shocks me. But it just as a gaming device. Yeah, and I would because I think I don't know whether it just fits more in with my kind of lifestyle now. Um, if if they really and the the funny thing is me saying if it's above five hundred quid I won't buy it. However, if Apple announced a thirteen inch iPad, <laughs> yes, um, with you know a kind of decent um, you know kind of Intel multi-core processor and you know well essentially kind of a macbook air architecture yeah i'd, I'd buy that tomorrow for a grand <laughs> yeah but then you get more value out of that wouldn't you you'd be there with you everywhere you do lots more stuff on it yeah it, it wouldn't be tied to your living room it wouldn't be sat there so maybe this you know the battle for the living room is is well and truly on i think but or at I least think the beginning battle for but the living room. maybe the last year's battle <laughs> But, but yeah, but I think the battle for the living room isn't about the battle for this one massive screen. Mm. 
the battle for the living room exists in kind of multi-screening. Mm. Um, and the fact that most people have kind of two or three devices with them at all the time. So. Yeah, I think parts of Microsoft understands that as well, because that the whole the whole uh, smart glass um, approach, you know, being, being able to use different devices and send stuff around and things. But it does seem like uh, like there's several parts of Microsoft all all kind of um, trying to converge in one place, mm. um, and it doesn't quite make sense yet. No, and we'll leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So plenty more to catch um, up on and other stuff. You've got another show coming up. Yes. Yeah. I'm. Uh, I'm interviewing um, uh, a, a chap called John from a company in the states called Fangrabs. Um, that are how can I how can I put it? They're the, they're the blockbusters of comic books, but still in business. Excellent. So we'll um, get that. We'll get that out soon. Yeah. Yeah. So that should be up over the weekend. Cool. Okie doke. Okay, have a great Friday, Kyle. Yeah, speak to you a little bit, Rob. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye.